Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, I'm Ishan Akbar and welcome to 929, a new podcast from Fiverr.com. Now, normally, a new podcast would have a lot of preamble right from the top, but we are strictly preamble-free, because each episode of 929 is just 9 minutes and 29 seconds long, precisely. So, you're almost certainly stuck indoors right now, and we want to make sure you're as entertained, inspired, motivated as you can be during these tricky times. So here's the deal. Each episode has a different guest imparting words of wisdom on how you can grow your business or improve your side hustle or generally just fulfill your ambitions. They'll give you one key piece of advice based on years of experience. And all you have to do is give them a little less than 10 minutes. Today, you'll hear from Sarita... uh, Hang on. How do I say your surname? Abasi or Abasi? Um, either, actually. Abasi. I say Abasi. If I'm in Iran, then it's Abasi. I'm pretty much the same. I say Ishan when I'm with, well, white people, and then I say Ishan when I'm with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Serena Abasi. She's the worldwide head of culture and inclusion at the advertising agency MNC Saatchi. So naturally, we got talking about rice. Which rice is better, black rice or Asian rice? It has to be Asian rice. Yes, come on! <laughs> if there's one place I don't want any diversity, it's on my rice. Okay, I want it to be white and fluffy. <laughs> but enough about rice. Here's what you need to know from Serena. Joining me from her lounge all the way in Bristol, is Serena Abassi. Hello, how are you? (laughs) I'm very well, thanks. This is a very unorthodox way for us to be doing this. Indeed. (laughs) Have you ever uh, recorded something like this from so far away? Actually, I have, in fact. Yeah, I've done a few podcasts, um, similar setups. All right, someone's done really well. I get it. (laughs) So in this podcast, we are discussing kind of big lessons from great experts like yourself. In a line or in a sentence, what's your big lesson? Okay, so the big lesson is how do you make sure that you hire the right person and keep the right people? So it's, yeah, it's about us kind of unpacking what right is first and foremost. Okay, so let's just start with that. I mean, straight off the bat, when you you say to me someone, right, surely it's just someone who can do the job, right? Yeah, I suppose, absolutely. Um, But I think that can also be very subjective because people tend to hire in their own image. So, um, you know, a lot of organisations have an archetype. And for them, that is the right person. That's the person that is culturally right for their organisation. But my job is to really get people to broaden the way that they look at what is right. And so what kind of steps do you take with something like that? I try to get people to feel rather than think. So 
I try to get people to really be a bit more self-reflective about how they view themselves, how they view others around them and get them to then critique that is really, really paramount, I think, to kind of creating organizational change. We just need to be very honest with ourselves. And in order to have a diverse workforce, you know, you're going to be called out on things because you're going to put your foot in it a lot of the time. I do it all the time. So it's just about people being willing just to maybe be a bit uncomfortable. So tell me this then, you're obviously passionate about this and it's important to you that we get the right kind of people in an organisation, but why does it help grow a business? Ultimately, our world is changing. Mm. You know, the demographic makeup of the UK is going to look completely different in 10, 15, 20 years time. So with those changes, organisations need to change too. Because ultimately, for instance, within the advertising context, because obviously that's the industry in which I work in, Hmm. we can't be creating ads for people that aren't represented within our organisation. It just doesn't make sense because there's no authenticity. These ads aren't going to speak to those different demographics. And as those demographics enlarge, um, as, you know, just globalisation, the whole world's changing, um, you know, yeah, organisations naturally have to change as well. But also, I guess, it's to do some sense checking so that you don't do adverts like um, the coolest monkey in the jungle. Exactly. Exactly that. And secondly, you do create better work by having different types of opinions contributing to a brief. So it's, um, yeah, it's about being willing to be uncomfortable, but knowing that through that discomfort, you're going to grow ultimately, not just as individuals, but your your organisation will grow as well. You'll earn more money as a result. What if like, you know, I've got some friends, um, you're welcome. I've got some friends <laughs> who, and I'll talk to them. And they were like, yo, like, what's MNC Saatchi like? That's like waste, like, what's what's advertising, bro? Why would I do that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? How do you get those people applying to those jobs? Yeah, it's about just broadening um, people's networks more than anything. So when a role does become available, they don't just go to the, you know, the typical headhunter that they've always used or, or the person that they worked in an agency 15 years ago um, with. Yeah. You know, that's something that I definitely have been able to bring to them. I can see that in a very tangible way um, where actually I've just broadened the network. I've introduced them to lots of different types of people. Right. We've talked about diversity, talked about race. Um, one word I hear quite a bit is inclusion. Yes. What's, what's the difference? Because surely if you've hired someone from a quote unquote diverse background, they're included, right? Not necessarily. So for me, inclusion is being in a position of power. So um, there's this lovely quote, diversity is being invited to the party, inclusion is being asked to dance. So essentially, inclusion is having a seat at the table. Surely if you're going to invite someone diverse, you can ask them to dance because they can probably can. (laughs) Isn't that how it works? Right? See, that makes total sense. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't really work within a business context. Yeah. Yeah. So right also means, and this is something that you see a lot of the time, one might hire someone that is completely different to who they would ever, so completely different to the archetype. 
though that person can't survive or thrive in that environment because the environment hasn't done the work to accept them. And I think that is the key thing that most organizations do wrong. They're like, we've got the person in. Yeah. We've got some diversity, but the diversity doesn't stay because they don't feel like it's a place that they belong to. Yeah. So obviously we're living in completely unprecedented times. At a time like this, how can you maintain that diverse culture? Because it doesn't really matter. We're all behind a screen, right? I think it's about regular check-ins and it's about communication. You know, you can be in an office with someone and you might not be effectively communicating with each other. And I think when you are working remotely, you have to become even better communicators. So I think that's how you go about it. What kind of world do you envisage after this? Do you think we're going to see a major sea change in the way we grow our businesses, particularly around diversity and inclusion? So I'm really hoping that once this is all over, we're all just going to be a bit more empathetic. And with that empathy, that will just naturally produce a, a greater appetite for diversity and inclusion. But I think when we do get out of this, there are also going to be a lot of businesses that are going to be under huge levels of strain. Mm. Then the question is, how do we make sure that diversity and inclusion is something that is valued. And I really, really hope that people just remember that actually in order for us to have a business that can withstand all that comes our way, we need to have diversity inclusion front and center. It needs to be part of your business strategy. It's not just an add-on. Yeah. This particular situation that we're in, it doesn't care about colour, creed, gender, anything like that. It doesn't care about borders. So hopefully the world will be, uh, as you say, a much more empathetic place. And I think that's a very, very good sentiment to end on. Serena, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thanks for having me. It's been very funny. (laughs) My thanks to Serena Abassi for giving us her time and to you for yours. 929 is a Fiverr.com podcast. Need help building a corporate culture? You can find business consultants galore on Fiverr.com. Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll keep sending you miniature moments of advice from leading business brains. For now, time's up. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.